0: you or someone you love have scoliosis? Are you wondering what's next? What is life going to be like from now on? Or is this even a big deal? Hi, my name is Dave Butler and welcome to the Scoliosis Experience. We are here to talk with real people, both patients, parents, and providers to bring hope and clarity to the road ahead. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Hello, I'm so glad you've joined us on this episode of the podcast. In this episode, we talked to Lauren, who's with Higgy Bears. She shares her experience with scoliosis, including scoliosis surgery, uh, bracing, and kind of how she got into the Higgy Bear uh, movement of providing uh, bracing for teddy bears and things like that, which is so cool. It was such a cool episode for me to record and to discuss with Lauren. She's amazing and she definitely has the passion for treating kids with scoliosis and helping them to feel better. And I mean, she's not an orthotist or a a physical therapist, but she definitely helps treat them mentally and help them to feel comfortable with what they're going through with their own scoliosis experience. So I'm glad you tuned in and I am Especially glad that Lauren did this episode with me, and I hope you enjoy it. Here's Lauren. We're here with Lauren, who's with Higgy Bears, a company that I first came to know a little bit more about when I had a patient that had two Higgy Bear uh, braces made who had daughters who both had scoliosis. I thought it was a really cool idea. It was cool to see the, the way that these girls interacted with these bears and how much comfort it gave to them. So I... Shot an email to Lauren. She started Higgy Bears and asked her if she'd do a podcast episode with me. So that's how this podcast came to be. And I have read her story on her website and it's pretty amazing. I think better than me telling it and going into that, I think it would be better if she told it. So welcome, Lauren, and maybe introduce yourself a little bit. Let us know who you are. Thanks
1: for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I'm Lauren Higginson. That's where Higgy Bears comes from, my last name. Um, And I've had scoliosis since I was 13. I didn't know a single person that had scoliosis when I was first diagnosed. I had never, I just got the diagnosis and never told anyone about it and kind of went for like 10 years of my life just kind of hiding it. I had a rib hump on my back and I was just really ashamed of it and embarrassed by it. And So I just kind of spent every waking minute making sure no one could see it. And, you know, that was kind of where all my energy went and just making sure no one saw my back. And I just felt really insecure about it. And uh, years later, it kind of went by like 10 years. I found out you can have surgery to fix it. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's something that can fix this and make me feel normal again. Like, where do I sign? (laughs) So I went to the doctor and he said, um, at this point, my back had gotten a lot worse and then I did need surgery, so I signed up for surgery, and I was really excited because I just thought, you know, this is going to make me normal as I saw it. And uh, so I had surgery, and things did not go well. They During the surgery, they lost motor function, um, and they said they woke me up and tried to have me wiggle my legs and wiggle my toes, and I couldn't. So after putting 30 screws and two rods in, I had to have everything taken out. And they just kind of hoped and prayed that I would wake up and be able to move my legs. And luckily I was, which is definitely, you know, things happen for a reason. And God was watching over me for sure. Um, So I woke up and they kind of didn't know what happened, but we went with it. And a couple of days later, I had the surgery again. Time went by, things went well. And then after about two months, I got into a head-on car accident and my screws literally came loose. I was that person, had to have surgery again. and this time I was just in excruciating pain after the surgery. Like it just for two years we spent, we went to every city we could to talk to every specialist we could. And I just really wasn't getting answers, but I was off of work cause I was in so much pain. So I kind of researched ways to help other people. Um, cause I had finally met someone once I told people, Hey, I'm having surgery you know, because they were going to find out anyway. So anyway, so I met someone, I felt a lot better about it. So I started just talking about it and I ended up finding Curvy Girls, which is this wonderful support group that helps uh, girls with scoliosis and boys too. And I went there and I saw a orthotist had a little doll, a little brace they made for a doll and for a teddy bear and they auctioned it off. And I saw like 300 little eyes just light up and love it so I went home and thought you know maybe I can figure out a way to do this and long story short um things got better with my back thanks to an awesome physical therapist and I have been making hickey bears for about five years now and they're in I think almost 50 countries at this point and all 50 states and I've made I don't know tens of thousands of them at this point holy Um, cow yeah so Long story short, I think it all happened to me for a reason for sure and I just really enjoy helping kids and I started, uh, I have two kind of divisions of it. I have a uh, the regular like business side and then I have a nonprofit that I started for it where um, hopefully I can get donations and then use that money to send Higgy Bears to hospitals all over the country and a lot of people have helped me with that so far and met awesome people and that's my long version of my introduction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's a perfect introduction. That's not a long version at all. Uh, so that's, it's interesting. I, I didn't know that you had seen an orthotist make one on a bear, and that's kind of what sparked it. That's interesting to yeah. me. Yeah, so
1: you had, I was so excited. So
0: Yeah, so you had to learn to become an orthotist for teddy bears.
1: Yes, I make all types of races. I do Rio snow braces, Boston braces, Providence braces, pretty much any brace you can send me a picture of, I can make Um, a little mini brace maker.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe you should uh, become an orthotist. No, that wouldn't be as fun, would it? (laughs) One
1: orthotist one time did email me and said, uh, he buys them for his patients. And he said, I need a triple curve, double axle hit at the T4 curve. And I said, what, hold on, I'm not orthotist. What are you talking about? (laughs) Send me a picture. All
0: right. It's
1: kind of a funny moment.
0: So when they send you a picture of their brace, you try to recreate that brace, right? Yeah. In patterns, in style, and in, in all that, you try to recreate that.
1: Yep. I buy the. Um, I've been lucky enough that the companies that sell the transfer paper have let me buy it. So I um, use the same paper that goes on their brace, and then I just kind of sketch it out, sketch out the design, and. I have, um, I kind of use like standard designs for most of them, but if a child wants one that matches perfectly for their brace, then I'll spend some extra time and crank it out.
0: That that's amazing. And the one, the first one that I saw, and we were talking before the podcast, the first one I saw was a patient who came in that I guess got it from you on Etsy and Mm -hmm. her pattern was exactly the same as her brace. And I'm like, how did you do that? That is amazing. Thank you. So, So now we know. Uh, so that's, that's really cool. Cool. to take her the backstory you've had quite the scoliosis experience. So if we backtrack a little bit back to when you were diagnosed, do you remember what degree your curve was at when you were diagnosed?
1: I remember the numbers like 38 and 35. So I, I mean, it was significant looking back at it. I think my, my doctor just, I kind of remember hearing the words like, oh, she'll grow out of it. And which right. obviously now makes no sense. But it just kind of was one of those things where my parents were like, okay, well, the doctor said she'll grow out of it. So, and then I never talked about it and it was a double curve. So it, I kind of hit it well and I was always wearing sweatshirts and, mm-hmm. you know, so it wasn't something that on everyone else's mind, but it was on my mind hundred percent of the time. Right. But my parents kind of just didn't go that route, I guess.
0: Were you braced? So you weren't braced at the time. No. Uh, I was just... Okay. were you followed with x-rays afterwards nothing
1: no like I had um, my first x-ray when I was 13 and then besides that <clears throat> and it's not my parents fault I think they were just kind of told she doesn't need anything but after that it was when I was like 20 then I went to the doctor and so nothing ever it was definitely the wait and see approach or right. but no one was waiting and seeing <laughs> <Just> like,
0: <laughs> it was waiting and seeing when you figured anything out so that, right. yeah, that well, works so well at that point when you're a teenager were you having back pain
1: um not that I remember no it was just a hundred percent emotional like yeah every aspect like even if people were standing in a circle talking like friends talking I would find a way to stand closest to the wall so no one could see the right side of my back or I would sit in the classroom at the very right back corner next to the wall so no one could see the you know, I don't like to say rip pump, but to me, that's what it was. Um, right. It was just constantly on my mind and I was super depressed from, it. I was super, super depressed. So yeah. when I finally, my husband, once I started saying, Hey, I'm gonna have the surgery. Then my husband's friend's wife or somebody said, you know, Oh, Hey, I had the surgery. Come over, talk to me about it. I'll show you my x-rays. And mm-hmm. then like, I felt like this huge relief, like, Oh my gosh, there's actually somebody else that has this. Like, what the heck? I thought I was the only person. And so that was a moment where just like this huge relief came and I, I kind of hope, and I think it, it does. I think this is true that my bears are that relief for kids that, Oh, wait a minute. My bear has this. I'm not the only one that has to wear a brace. And it's just a little stuffed animal, but to kids, it really means a lot. And symbolically, that's kind of that moment in my life when I met somebody for this child to have, hopefully, as soon as they get their brace, here's a bear with your brace. You're not alone. You've got a little buddy in this with you. So right. to me.
0: I think a lot of my patients with scoliosis, they, they feel alone in it. They mm-hmm. feel like they're the only one that, that has this and everyone you know they they don't know how people would treat them if they knew that they had scoliosis it's interesting when when they do talk about it more and they find other people that have scoliosis it's kind of emotionally liberating I think and
1: yeah for sure like I it's just something that's not I think now it's getting better but definitely when I was growing up it's not something that was talked about and probably still isn't talked about enough but it's just it's not as visible where you know if someone broke their arm you Oh, Hey, I broke my arm too. No big deal. But it kind of builds up inside of you. Like I'm so different. I'm, you know, all this stuff. Then you meet somebody and you're like, Oh, they have it too. They wear this brace. Just like you wear a cast for your arm. If your arms hurt, you wear a brace for your back, you know, no big deal. And I think that's the biggest part of it is the emotional side for sure.
0: And I think as healthcare professionals that deal with scoliosis, you know, surgeons and orthotists and physical therapists, I mean, I see scoliosis all day long, so to me, it's nothing abnormal, but I think sometimes we don't communicate that in a good way to our patients that, you know, there are a lot of other people with this. Let's have you talk to some of them or something like that. And
1: that's where, you know, Curvy Girls, I think, fills a big void, and there's a new program that my friend Megan started called the Bracing Mentor Program through her organization, Scoliosis Us, and um, she connects Curvy Girls is more in person, you know, if they have different groups throughout the world. But her her program is more electronic. So you can she'll connect you with someone where you can text with them, another girl that's braced or another boy that's braced mm-hmm. or you can video chat or however you want to connect. But it's more um, virtual. So that mm-hmm. way kids all over the world can talk to each other and it's super awesome. So a big shout out to her for starting that.
0: That's great. Maybe Maybe I need to have her on the podcast, too, to do an episode. Oh, she, That'd be amazing.
1: She's amazing. She's That'd be cool. She's a special person, for sure.
0: So what do you wish would have happened when you were diagnosed at 13? Like, what now knowing what you know, what do you wish would have happened? How would that have been handled?
1: Um, I mean, medically, in theory, I wish I had a brace so I could have avoided surgery um, is the logical side of my brain. But then the other side is if I would have had a brace and hopefully it would have stopped it from progressing, then I wouldn't have had surgery. Then I wouldn't be where I am now um, doing this right. and helping so many kids. So I really, um, and, you know, plus having to wear a brace as a kid would have been, I mean, I don't see how kids do it. I think it's so hard. So I'm, I'm thankful I didn't have to go through that logically, you know, more medical attention, I guess would have been good, but I okay. think the main, thing is that would have just changed my whole 10 years of keeping quiet about it is meeting somebody else that was the biggest thing to know because I thought I'm one in a million people that have this you know the word hunchback was just constantly in my mind not because anyone had said it but because that's just my you know my anxiety and my depression and everything so you know I wish I would have met somebody for sure. And just knowing that like, there's tens of thousands of people that have this probably millions of people and it's no big deal.
0: Right. And, and you probably know someone that has it and it, you don't even know. So, yeah. yeah. There's
1: probably, I'm sure five other girls at my school that had it, that they didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, groups like the curvy girls and and other groups, it would have been amazing for you, I bet, to, oh,
1: to yeah. figure out that. It would have just changed my world. But again, I don't regret anything because I really think this happened to me for a reason. And if even if I would have just had surgery and like 99% of the people that have surgery would have been fine and went through my recovery, if I'd never had the car accident, you know, I would have just gone back to work and I have a finance degree and I would have been where I was and this would have never
0: happened so yeah we would never be having this talk if that happened (laughs) yeah
1: so I definitely you know surgery was not fun but I wouldn't I would go through it a million times over again to be able to do what I do
0: so right it's pretty scary when you have surgery and they have to take the rods out because you're having neurological problems so yeah
1: I just remember Yeah, because I was, I was so pumped for it. Like, I was so excited. You, I was just telling everybody, like, I'm gonna have surgery. I'm so excited. I'm, my back's gonna be straight. And they were like, who is this girl? Like, why is she so excited about having 30 screws in her back? But it was just because I knew, like, oh my gosh, this is gonna, I'm gonna be normal, you know, in my mind. There's really no normal, you know, everyone's different, but.
0: So after the car accident, did you, you, had another surgery, correct?
1: Yeah, I had to, my screws came loose at L3, L4. Right,
0: so they had to go in and redo that. And then they wanted to do more surgeries, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Every doctor I saw, every surgeon, they were all super awesome people, but they said, yeah, you need need to fuse all the way to your pelvis. And I was already fused T2 to L4 at that point. And they just said, that's all we can do. And they kind of told me, you know... Your future is, I think it was a PA that said this to me. So I don't blame it on the doctors, but she said, you know, first your lower back is going to go bad and you're going to have to have that fused, which that might happen. Um, but then your hips are going to go bad. Then your knees are going to go bad. Then you're gonna need a wheelchair. And I just thought, Oh my gosh, like my depression was just came back in full force. And one doctor specifically in Minneapolis can't think of his name, because I saw saw about 10 different surgeons within a year and a half, Um, but he told me they did a depression questionnaire prior to my appointment, like, to figure out emotionally how it was affecting me, which no one else had done, so that meant, that really meant a lot, actually, but the very first thing he said to me after examining me was, stay with us, please stay with us, you know, this is going to pass, things will get better, just stay with us, and I thought, oh my gosh, like, Clearly, I'm not hiding it that well that this is affecting me so much because I'm sure my scores were just off the charts, you know, how much it was affecting me. And yeah. that stuck with me that, you know, this doctor acknowledged that and noticed that about me. And that kind of was a turning point to go see one more doctor and try to keep fighting for it.
0: And for those healthcare professionals that listen to this podcast, hopefully we take away that we need to take that side of it into account and and who knows I mean it's not something that you know telling someone their future and how bad it's going to be <laughs> that that's <Yeah>. horrible <laughs> that is yeah, just...
1: and actually it was the same at as much as that meant that the doctor said stay with us I think it was his PA that said that oh, and she really? didn't say it in a bad way it was just kind of like your spine's gonna you know I mean which might be the case but um I guess there's some truth in it, but at the same time that was, it was kind of an up and down appointment, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So what,
0: what I'm really curious to hear about, you found a physical therapist that you worked with that helped. Um, I'm a physical therapist. So that really intrigues me.
1: Yeah. He, um, so I had seen probably six different physical therapists throughout, you know, that two year searching, going on planes, anything possible. And, I got to the point where I went and got a massage. I thought maybe if I get a back massage, it'll help, whatever, a medical massage. And during the massage, I just, I just remember the appointment, like it was torture, like everywhere she touched, I just screamed in pain. And she's like, oh my gosh, you're in this much pain. And I said, yeah, just my, it's awful. And she said, you have to go see my physical therapist. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, okay. What's one more physical therapist. (laughs)
0: Let's check one more off.
1: No, why not? Yeah. Um, Thank goodness for insurance, I guess. And uh, um, so I went to see him and within the first, he examined me. I remember he did this thing with my leg where I lifted up and he pushes to the right and pushes in on it or something. And uh, he looked at me and he said, I can get rid of 80% of your pain. And my mouth just like dropped. And I looked at him like, who are you that's <laughs> telling me this? What is it? Am I dreaming? Like, what is happening?
0: That's a bold claim.
1: Yeah. And uh. he just, and he lived up to it for sure. Like it, awesome. I guess it was my SI joint was out of whack in whatever way it gets out of whack. He would adjust me and kind of push stuff back in and we did exercises and all that and 80% gone. I, it came true. So how long did
0: of- that, how long did that take to get 80% production?
1: Um, I would probably say, cause they had to adjust me like pop it back in, I guess. I don't know the medical, what's going on with it, but mm-hmm. after they did that a couple times after like a month, I probably had like 60% relief. Like it was just, something was really wrong with my SI joint and they had to pop it back in. Yeah, And in, which is a little frustrating because something that simple, you know, to have gone to New York, San Francisco, Minneapolis, Florida, Texas, everywhere possible, and it was something that simple, but, you know, I was seeing surgeons that were looking at my screws and other things. So I don't, I don't blame it on them, but I'm glad I saw Chris is his name and he uh, changed my life, you know, because without him, I couldn't, there's no way physically I could do what I do with my bears. Um, yeah. There's just no oh. way possible. So.
0: That's, that's amazing. And I love hearing stories like that because it, it is somewhat simple, you know, an SI joint, it, adjusting that is way simpler than fusing you through right. your SI joint, I mean, that's,
1: yeah, that,
0: yeah, you can't go back from that, but if a adjustment of the SI joint doesn't work, well, you're no worse off, right,
1: right, and it's, it, I remember at an appointment, you know, a doctor even pressed in that area, they all did, and I would scream in pain, like, that's that's the spot and they still kind of didn't pick up on because i think their mind was just okay she has this super long fusion she was in a car accident screws came loose it needs surgery right which you know i i completely perspective but it was one of those things that didn't get addressed until i met chris and uh yeah it's he definitely gets a few referrals from me for friends <laughs> who need physical therapy.
0: <laughs> I bet that's that's amazing, and and it's just a testament that we need to treat the patient and not the X-ray or not right. the not the MRI and and things like that because it could yeah. be something like that.
1: Yeah, so. and you know, my surgeon that did my surgery, he was amazing. You know, he did a great job. The it was a fluke that the thing happened with the machines and the neuro functioning and everything
0: since we're doing this on a zoom call and on a podcast so people listening to this can't see your background but (laughs) lauren lauren has an amazing background on her on this zoom call with pictures of patients with higgy bears i think that is amazing i mean just seeing seeing the look on these kids faces and that's why you do it
1: yeah 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 this was actually this picture was at the career girls convention that i went to um i went the first year in like 2014, probably. And then, then I started my business and I went back in 2016 and sold them there. And so just kids like flooded my booth and everybody had a bear. So um, Robin, the owner was kind enough to let me get a picture with all the girls with their bears. And I just treasured this picture because this is where it all started.
0: Yeah. And it's just uh, exploded from there. It sounds like. And so what, who's appropriate for a Higgy bear? I mean, obviously anyone that could use that support but who's appropriate for it
1: um really anyone like I see truly like two-year-olds that have them that it means a lot to them I see a lot of teenagers teenagers love them they're obsessed with them (laughs) and um they're huge honestly like I've made so many friends that are teenage girls that are just awesome that help me and help fundraise and everything so teenage girls are awesome um lots of boys have them really there's no bad age I have kids my age or adults my age that have them for fusion they want them because they wore a brace when they were younger just as like a memory of you know like what they've been through um I have I think the oldest is a 75 year old has one that had surgery so there's really no everybody you know everybody needs one
0: (laughs) and when when someone has surgery you can put rods in them right
1: yep yep. yeah I put little rods in they had the bear has a little surgery and I sew rods in their back and I made little x-rays um I actually took I found like on the internet an x-ray of a spine that's been fused and kind of put it on a bear and so they get a little x-ray with it and uh I think the thing that makes me smile the most is seeing pictures of kids with their bears. Mm-hmm. And I just get thousands. I've gotten thousands of pictures and they all mean so much to me because it's just this immediate, here's this child with something that I made that's making them smile.
0: Well, and you don't just do scoliosis and spine things, right? What, what else do you do with these bears?
1: Right. Um, it was kind of a natural thing. Like my sister said, you need to make broken arm bears and broken leg bears for kids, because that's just a, you know, why not type of thing. And uh, I've gotten so many, as much as the scoliosis means to me, and that's kind of my heart, that's the heart behind it. Just seeing pictures of kids with those bears too, like, they're going through awful time. And they get this bear and like, it's mainly like grandparents that get them for them and stuff. And they're like, this made them so happy. And it's just kind of an added bonus really like scoliosis is my heart but um, and then I've made little neck caps for broken neck patients and I do little halo ones for the really severe cases of scoliosis wow. and casted ones for um, like metacast for the really young kiddos that wear casts for mm-hmm. scoliosis so
0: so you're you're pretty much doing it all you're like any any type of medical professional you need to be
1: yeah, pretty <laughs> yes. much. I, I I love helping people, but I really try to stick to the scoliosis and the broken arms because yeah. it you know, there's a lot of designing and thought that goes into making these. And I'm getting to the point where I only have so much time. So,
0: right. So let's talk about, you know, if someone wants to get a Higgy Bear or if they want to ask you if you could make something for some other diagnosis, what process do they go through for that?
1: Um, They can contact me through email or on my Facebook or Instagram. Social media is both under Higgy Bears and then it's lauren at higgybears.com, L-A-U-R-E-N. And they just contact me. And for the most part, like everything's on my website. You just kind of, for the braces, you find your pattern that your child has or, you know, one that they want on their bear. And they select what type of brace they have for just like my standard kind of All the braces are different, as you know. Yeah, they do that. And then if they want a custom one, they send me pictures. And then for the people that do say, can you make this crazy contraption for this other condition? I try. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not going to say, please message me about those because that takes a very long time.
0: (laughs) So ideally within the realm of what you're already doing.
1: Yeah, that would be
0: helpful. (laughs) Until you clone yourself and make... Uh, you know, you're able to make a lot more. So yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's great. Um, I think this is probably one of my one of my favorite episodes that I've recorded yeah. because not only do you have the experiences to to talk to kids with scoliosis, adults with scoliosis, post-surgical, but you have an amazing product that they can use to really? help. Yeah, I I think it's great. Some of the takeaways that I've had from this are as a healthcare professional support uh, from, from others is really important for these kids. And, And I think we can all do a better job at that, you know, connecting them with curvy girls or just other kids with scoliosis or, or whatever. And to be mindful of those things that, you know, that what we say to patients that might spark depression and anxiety with, with different things. I think that's a huge takeaway.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's no one faults doctors and orthotists for not going there because you have your own focus and you yeah. know you're there f- for this specific reason. But as simple of here's a brochure, here's a Higgy Bear brochure, here's a Curvy Girls brochure, um, here's a Bracing Mentor Program brochure, and that's where I hope and it's happening with a couple hospitals, which is awesome. The child gets fitted for their brace, you know, at that first appointment and pick their pattern, get molded, however it works, to order the brace. And then that's when I get an email from the hospital, hey, Nicole is getting a Boston brace with the purple butterflies pattern, which I've never made so many of that pattern before in my life. That's a very popular pattern. Um, and they say, hey, she's getting her actual brace December 1st. Can you have it here? And then at that appointment, she they give her her real brace and they say, and here's your bear. And That's like my dream, 100% in action. Like if that can happen for every patient, because I know like parents tell me that children sleep, you know, all the time they sleep with their bears. But when they take their brace off, and this is for eight-year-olds and for 15-year-olds, whenever they take their brace off, they take the bear's brace off. And one little girl said, you know, I scratch my itches and then the bear scratches his itches. And then they put the braces back on.
0: That's great. And I have a, a podcast recording in a couple of weeks with an orthotist in our area who does most of our bracing. So maybe I'll talk to him about that. Cause that would be a cool, a cool thing to get going because that's a timing wise, that would be perfect. Perfect.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I look forward to, to watching that and listening to it and yeah, yeah it's, um, it's awesome. It's really talking about this kind of gets me a little emotional because it's really, um, I do it it's my job you know it's at this point but thinking back about all the special stories and this one little girl made she sent me a drawing of her herself wearing a brace but then right next to her was her giraffe wearing a brace that I made and her koala wearing a brace that I made (laughs) and just to see this drawing by like a little nine-year-old girl it's like kind of summed it all up for me like this is this is happening for a reason. And, you know, this is really helping her. Like she drew her animals in braces with her, with her brace. So if she's drawing that she, it really must mean a lot to her.
0: Yeah. I think definitely it does. The patients that I've had in my office that have your bears, they, they love them. And that's saying, saying so much. And obviously you love doing it and that's amazing. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, I, I, anything else you want to add, or I think that's all the questions that I had for you.
1: I just want to say thank you so much for having me. And this means a lot. This is my first podcast or interview really of any type. So super awesome. And I appreciate everything you do for scoliosis patients and anyone out there, you know, all the professionals, you know, everything, everyone that came into my life all played a part in helping make this possible for sure.
0: So great. We're glad you are where you are, even though it was a bumpy road, but it's (laughs) nice to have you here. So thank you you and uh, yeah, good luck with Higgy Bears.
1: Thank you very much.